Well, good morning. We want to say welcome to Broadway 1109. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, as we begin our time together this morning, let's listen to uh, the Word of God from Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 9. Paul writes, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This morning we are here to worship and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Won't you stand with us as we sing together this morning? Coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. And fighting our battles, every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Make way before the King of Kings. Our God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting battles, every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. We sing together this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Oh, we declare this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 
things of the Lord. Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We are glad that you're here. We are thankful that you would spend an hour out of your week with us here at Broadway. We are excited for what God is going to do this morning and glad that you're going to be a part of it. If you're new with us, uh, if you're a guest here, then we want to say especially welcome to you. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. We hope you got a bulletin on your way in. If you did, there's a little perforated tab on the edge. Uh, that's our Connect card. We just simply ask that you fill that out, tear it off, and you can drop it in the offering plate here in a few minutes. Or if you missed that, that's okay. We've got another chance for you to turn it in. You can leave it at our welcome desk located in the back of our sanctuary. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit better this morning and how we can best minister to you and your family here at Broadway in the coming days. Uh, we hope you're paying attention to the screens and the bulletin uh, so that you can see all that's going on. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up in the near uh, future here at Broadway. We are so excited about what God is doing and going to continue to do in and amongst us. And this morning, I'm going to invite Gene King. Gene is our deacon of the week, and uh, he's going to pray for us as we continue our service together. Would you pray with me? Our Father God, we bow before you this morning, giving you the praise and the glory that you deserve for the many blessings that you bestow upon us. Lord, we give you thanks for allowing us to be in your house this morning to worship and praise you. We give you thanks, for Lord, for it all. We ask now that you bless this service, bless the music, bless Chris as he leads there, and Lord, bless the pastor as he comes and, and proclaims your message. But may everything that's said and done here honor and glorify your name. For it's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Won't you stand and sing with us this morning? Yeah. 
seated as our ushers come forward this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you once again for the privilege it is to be in your house today, Lord. We are blessed, and we just thank you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you for invading this place. Lord, I, I feel your presence here. And as we come to this point of worship, I just pray that you would keep your eyes to me, Lord. We just thank you so much for your blessing. the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. No work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine? So great a mercy, what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages 
step down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. Won't you stand and join us? The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. The, the silence, the roaring lion. Declared the grave has no claim on me. Let's sing that again. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name.
There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Lord, we praise you this morning for you are our hope, the only source of our salvation. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are and for what you have done for us. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I'll explain it to you. I'll just tell you what it's about. It's about this young family. A uh, young man got sick, and they became church planners and doing really some great work there in Canada. So uh, I wanted to show that video. But oh, well, there's always next week for our videos. So uh, anyway, open your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verses 19 through 23. Then we're going to flip over and look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. So we're going to answer a question. Also, you want to plot your bulletin in, sir? You'll be able to follow along here in a little bit. All right, true or false? Is forgiveness for the benefit of others? I think I have it up here on the screen, the true or false question. Is forgiveness for the benefit of others? you were at the University of Alabama, their football team, when they ask a question like that, a lot of times the answer accidentally flashes up on the screen for a few minutes, then it goes away, and they, they conveniently make a mistake. But, um, but not here, though. The answer is false. Forgiveness is not the benefit of others. It's for the benefit of us. And this morning, we're going to begin a three-week sermon series, or four-week sermon series, a whole month of... Um, uh, February, forgiveness is actually for you. When you or I choose to forgive someone else, we are actually obeying what Colossians 3.13 tells us and instructs us, you must forgive. In forgiving other folks, you are freeing yourself. You'll be free. You are not carrying around the baggage and the pain, and the hurt of forgiveness. All right, I have another quote here. I have a Greek word. The Greek word for forgiveness that was used throughout the New Testament as aphamai, 
which actually means, listen, this is what's neat about it. It means to send away. When you choose to forgive someone else, you are actually sending away whatever that hurt is, that uh, forgiveness. And you're making that choice that you're putting it out of your life. When you choose to be angry, meaning you will not forgive someone else, what's happening is you're inviting an invitation into your life to the devil. Unresolved anger leaves you vulnerable to the devil. This is what happens when you and I do not send away forgiveness. We are opening the door in our life to all of a sudden um, this hurt, ongoing pain. It's unnecessary and it's disobedient to the scriptures. So why don't you turn in your Bible here. Romans chapter 14. The message is called Restore. We're going to be looking at restoration, forgiveness, reconciliation, all in the context of relationships. Do you know of anyone, and of course it won't be you, but maybe you know how family members or folks you work with or other, um, other uh, people or you're friends with that they harbor and cannot forgive. They bring the past up. They hit replay and will constantly remind other people of stuff that happened maybe even years ago. What they're doing, the problem with that is they're allowing unforgiveness. They're allowing the sin of failing to forgive to actually really just, it causes pain in their own life. And we're going to be looking at that. Follow along here in your Bible. Romans chapter 14 Verse 19. This is probably the key verse right here. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Bible instructs us that we are to be promoting that which is pushing towards peace. Go back to verse 19 back here. Okay. If you do not forgive, you say, well, how how does that affect other people? Who it's not building up is you. You're the one that's suffering. You aren't at peace. You, aren't, you don't have a restful spirit. You're anxious. You're angry. You're bitter. And you've allowed the foothold of the devil to come into your life and actually rob you of the peace that Jesus gives you and I. When, you, we, get, when we, got, we were saved, you're saved here this morning, Jesus says, peace I give you. Part of being saved is having peace with God. When you harbor the sin of unforgiving forgiveness, you're stealing that peace that God has given to you. Verse 19, look here, verse 20. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Now, the context of what's going on here. Back in Bible times, there were Jewish dietary laws. If you were a Jew during the Old Testament, you were expected to eat kosher food. The New Testament instructs us that we are no longer as believers in Christ bound to these Jewish dietary laws. But many folks who grew up in that environment still held to those beliefs. They still observe by not eating pork. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. Verse 21, it is a good thing not to eat meat. 
or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. Verse 22, whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Look at this verse here. Scripture's telling us there are some things in our life that are better left unsaid. We live, I think the, I think of the, um, the election primaries, that even in Iowa, they either start tomorrow or Tuesday. We live in an incredibly divided, polarized political climate, probably more so in the history of America. And there's some things that you just cannot talk about. It's literally, if you have an opinion, you bring it to who? To God. Because you bring it to other folks, and it just causes unnecessary hurt and pain. It does not advance the gospel. Putting certain things on social media does not create peace. It actually can create discord between fellow believers and other folks. There's many things the Bible tells, verse 22, if you aren't happy about something, you go to the Lord with it. He's, he can listen. He can take whatever you are bringing His way. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Now look at this last verse right here. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and everything that is not from faith is sin. What Paul's talking about in that passage, that could be a tough verse. There are many folks that even though they were now Christians, they grew up with the kosher Jewish dietary rules, and they still wanted to follow those. And Paul's saying, that's fine. They're welcome to still follow that rules, but if they, if they eat a piece of pork, they're not going to hell. But if they feel in their conscience they need to eat um, kosher meat and food, absolutely all power to them. But if there's some believers that want to eat a pork chop, they are welcome to do that. But if their conscience can, is convicting to that person who wants to eat kosher food, that's fine. What they need to do is they need to focus on living by faith. Don't allow their conscience to hinder them in that, this area. So that's what this verse here is instructing us. What happens for us is when we choose not to forgive, when we are harboring and holding on to sin inside of our lives because we can't let go, it's like we're carrying a weight. I'm going to illustrate this. Went by the store. I know many of you look at this and go, Dan, why don't you go by Lowe's? Went by Home Depot. We're going to look at these things here. This is what it's like when we, when you and I, when we do not forgive others. This here, as you know, is a five-gallon bucket. And if you fill this up with water, it weighs 41.7 pounds. So I would probably, just barely, maybe, be strong enough to do a dumbbell lift filled with water. That's a lot. That, this would be 82, 83 pounds. I would struggle with that. But right now, probably everyone here, even children, you could hold these buckets. It doesn't weigh that much. You know, in fact, I could go ahead and hold all six of these. It should not weigh too much, and probably every one of you here, if you can put it in your hand, you can actually carry 
six buckets, five-gallon buckets. If we filled these with water, these buckets combined, each filled, 250.2 pounds. Now, I'm going to guess there's not a single person. There could be a he-man here. There could be somebody strong. I could not pick these up if these were filled with water. 250.2 pounds with that. Now, I share that because this is what it's like. Listen, Broadway, when you or I carry the weight of unforgiveness, literally, we are carrying a bucket. And a lot of folks don't even know it. When you choose to forgive, you are literally emptying a bucket. You're saying, I'm not going to carry this, even though I've been hurt. Even though that person ripped me off, I'm a victim. I deserve restitution. I'm completely innocent. You're the one carrying the pain. You're the one who's hurt from that. And what happens is unforgiveness, Broadway, is when you choose to say, I'm not, I'm not going to carry that weight. A weight has been lifted off. You have poured your bucket out. Christ is asking you and I this morning, are you carrying unnecessary weight? Some of you could be carrying 250 pounds, the weight of unforgiveness. You cannot let go. You can't do it. And Christ actually tells us what happens when we choose to allow unforgiveness to get a foothold. Look up here on the screen, Ephesians chapter 4. Look what the Bible tells us. Paul writes to us, Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and do not sin. So what happens is, the truth is, if you or I are hurt, I'm going to get angry. No one enjoys being a victim. No one enjoys taking a hit, getting stabbed in the back, getting stabbed in the stomach. I mean, it's just going to happen. You're going to get angry. That's a human emotion. But here's what Scripture tells us. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you're mad about something, what happens if you do not deal with it that day immediately? Do you know what the Scripture's telling us? This is what's so great about the Bible. Anger unforgiveness, bitterness, resentfulness. You know what happens? It might have happened on a Sunday, but it carries over to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. God's telling you and I, if you're angry, if you're struggling with this sin, you have to deal with it until it is dealt with. Until Remember, the Bible told us in Romans chapter 14, a lot of things we bring to God. And there's some things even people have even those people you might not see anymore. But you are still expected to release that to the Lord and say, I'm not going to keep carrying this weight of anger day after day after day. Look what happens if you don't do this. Verse 27. And don't give the devil an opportunity. The NIV says a foothold. When you do not forgive and you're carrying around hurt, Day after day, do you know what's happened? There's a foothold. Do you know, I, I've never murdered anyone, but I'm sure when someone murders someone, when someone commits a crime, when someone does something, road rage, it doesn't just happen. Guys, it's been building. 
That's a series of events that got them to a point where they're so angry. The devil had such a foothold in their life, an opportunity, they just push them off the edge. Sin doesn't just happen. The devil gets in there, literally. The opportunity's there. And he hopes to destroy yours and I's life. I'm going to illustrate this even more. Because some of you are saying, Dan, stuff has happened for me years and years ago, and I don't know how to forgive them. I don't know what to do. If you were here this morning, or maybe you know of a family member that you need to tell them this is a good example. They are hurt, and they're carrying that hurt every day. Remember, the Bible tells us there, we saw, that we need to give some things only to God. And maybe that person's even passed away, and you can't talk to them. You can't apologize. You can't start reconciliation. But you still need to do it for yourself. Because Jesus Christ has forgiven you and I. You need to get a piece of paper. And you need to write down or type up, however it is. And only you and the Lord need to know about this. You list everything that you've been hurt. Maybe your parents, ex-wife, maybe your husband. You're just going down the list. Whatever it would be. You're listing your pains. And then, after you get that, you need to then fold it up. And you need to put it in an envelope. You've got it, and you're going to put it in an envelope. And you put it in your envelope. And then you take your envelope, and you get a marker. And by the way, you need to do this when you get your camera phone, and you need to be shooting a video of yourself doing this. I know this sounds crazy, but follow me on this. You're shooting a video of what you're doing. And you write the word canceled on your envelope. You just listed all of your unforgiving hurts and pains that keep bothering you day after day, week after week. You can't let go of it. And you list them on here. And you write the word canceled. And you're videoing it yourself. And I want you to watch it. You take your envelope. You take your piece of paper. Now, you, only you and God know this has happened. And you, maybe you have a fireplace at your house. If you don't have a fireplace, go get you a five-gallon bucket. You're outside, and you catch it. You set the bucket or your fireplace on fire, and you take your envelope with cancel, and you throw it in the fire. And you're, you're selfie-videoing yourself. Say, why are you doing this? Why are you videoing this? And you stop, and you've burned that. You know, Jesus told, tells us, he's told us, when we are forgiven... It's as far as the east is from the west. We are washed clean. Because here's why you need that video. Nobody needs to know about your video, but you and God. Three months down the road, do you know what's going to happen? That pain's going to come back. That memory's going to return. You're going to think those thoughts again. Go, you know what? What my dad did to me, it, it still hurts. Oh, my video. And you go watch that video. And you saw what you typed. You saw what you put in an envelope. You witnessed what you wrote canceled. And you saw what you called on fire. And you put it in the fireplace or in your five-gallon bucket. And you gave it to God. Jesus has done that to our sins. We are required to forgive others. If you do not forgive you are carrying around these buckets, 250 pounds. And God is looking at you and saying, Dan, pour them out. 
empty them out. There is no reason for you to carry the weight of unforgiveness. That is what restoration is. Last thing here. Pull out your bulletin and serve. Going over three things. Three final things. Application. Number one. Forgiveness and reconciliation are a two-part transaction that is initiated with an apology. Look at this. God wants you and I to go to that person. If they're alive, they might not even know that you've, you're hurting inside and you apologize. You know, think about our prayer life. When we get saved, we use words and we pray and we ask Jesus to forgive us. We go to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. I have sinned. When we need forgiveness or we need to start the reconciliation process, we have to go to that person, if you're able to, and say, hey, what I said, what I did, my attitude towards you, I'm sorry. You can't wait for them to come to you, because they won't. You have to go to them. We are called as believers to initiate the forgiveness and reconciliation. It's two parts. If you want forgiveness... You have to say, okay, how am I going to start the reconciliation? Reconciliation means we're going to bring it back together. And it starts with going to them saying, I'm sorry. You might not even know the words to say. Say, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. It was wrong. This is how we're saved. We ask forgiveness our sins. We go to that person and we start with an apology. Number two, believers are expected, look at this, we're expected to forgive others in the same manner that God has forgave you. Christ has forgiven you. Jesus told us, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, that if you don't forgive other folks, God won't forgive you. Because why is that so important? Because God has forgiven you. You are expected to forgive others, even when it's not your fault. And a lot of times it's not your fault. We're not here to play whose fault is it. The point is, I don't want to be carrying all this baggage around. It says, I'm going to get rid of it. This isn't for believers. I don't want this weight. So I'm going to go and I'm going to start it. Number three, the forgiveness we received at the cost of the blood of the Son of God. Look at this. Jesus Christ, He died for my sins. For your sins, not an option here. It's required. Required. Could you imagine passing away with an unforgiven spirit? It might be of something that happened decades ago and you refuse, refuse to let go. I once knew a man who passed away, and on his deathbed, literally, he died that week. He was just days away, but he was able to talk. And this is what he said. He called me preacher. He said, preacher, I want you to know, I'm passing away with clean hands. I have no, I have no debt. Like he meant finance. He didn't know anybody anything, literally. Completely debt-free. He says, I have no hard feelings. I have completely... Forgiven every single person. 
Even if they were guilty, it's okay. Water under a bridge, doesn't even matter. I don't even care anymore. I've completely forgiven them. I've released it. And I'm now ready to meet my Lord. He went to heaven with clean hands and a clean slate. So many times, even believers are carrying this hurt into heaven. And Jesus is saying, no, there, there is no reason. Jesus gives us a peace that frees us from this. This morning, you're here, and God wants to restore you. He does not want you to go around bringing all this baggage. So how do I do it? You live in the state of forgiveness. Meaning, tomorrow, you're going to wake up. It's Monday. It's already February. Someone is going to let you down. Someone is going to cut you off. Someone is going to cuss you out. Someone is going to say something that's just, ah, uh, that, that was, there was, a, there was a cut with what they were saying. And you have to go ahead and live in that attitude while you're at school. Says, I'm not going to fall for this. I'm not going to allow that person to control me. And you just go ahead and forgive them. You might have to even say, hey, I, I, you know, you might have to speak up and apologize even though it's not your fault. You actually apologize for stuff that's not even your fault. But the point is, you're prepared to live in the state of forgiveness. It's just ongoing. This is something that we as believers have to live for daily. This morning, who do you need to forgive? What weight do you need to release? What bucket do you need to um, pour out? Jesus Christ is looking at us. And he's saying, I have forgiven you. You're, you're, you're white as wool. East is from the west your sins. Why won't you allow other people to be that way? I want to invite our band to come forward. We're about to have our time of invitation. I want you to respond to two parts of this. First of all, Jesus Christ has forgiven us. We have received his forgiveness. Second part of this invitation, if he's extended that to you and I, who do you need to extend it to others? Jesus, I pray this morning, I pray if there's anyone here that has never extended the forgiveness that you extended to us, I pray today we will not leave this sanctuary, the house of God, without forgiving and releasing. For some of us, that means we need to pour our buckets out. For other of us, we need to make a list, put it in an envelope, cancel it, and burn it, and make a video so we remember. God, I pray that you move among the folks here this morning and we create an atmosphere and an attitude of a constant state of forgiveness. We know we're going to get hurt. Lord, we can't allow it to hurt us each and every day. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Jesus, 
We give you this invitation. Forgive us as we forgive others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every single service here with a time of response. I'll invite everyone to stand. The band's going to lead us in a song. And I'll be waiting down front. You can respond to the gospel this morning. From the darkness you called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out, lifted me up How great is your love You bore my weakness, you took my shame Buried my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. From the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth. Innocent perfection. You gave your life for us, and we are amazed. Yes, we stand in awe, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great. How great, how great is your love for us. In your kindness, you made me whole. In your presence, where I belong, you called me out, lifted me From the heights of heaven, you step down to earth. Innocent perfection, you gave your life for us, and we are amazed. Yes, we stand in awe, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love. Never been. There's never been. 
This morning, we want to thank you for being here at Broadway 1109. We hope you know that uh, the response doesn't end here, uh, but you can respond to the Lord's call in your life at any point in time, and we are certainly uh, welcome to talk to you about that anytime you would like to know more about what it means to take your next step with Jesus, whether it would be to trust Jesus as your Savior, following baptism, or maybe connecting here at Broadway. We'd love to have that conversation with you. As we close today, I'm going to invite our uh, chairman of deacons, Mr. Ray Vasky, up to come and pray for us. A reminder, we do have service tonight at 6 o'clock. We will see you there.